Welcome to the Kingdom Revival Culture Podcast, keeping you in touch with Faith Mountain Fellowship Church in Red River, New Mexico. You know, the love that Jesus Christ calls his body to is an amazing, everlasting, unconditional love. And this podcast is just one of the ways that you and I can build each other up in that love. So to start, just enjoy this message, and then please contact us with prayer requests, feedback, or anything else you'd like to discuss at fmfcpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from everyone interested in helping create a kingdom revival culture. All right, we can start moving back to our seats. Thank you. I don't know about you, but I love, there's no blue like the blue after a fresh storm and the clouds clear out and uh, God, it's just beautiful this morning. So we thank you for that, Lord. Uh, I'm really excited. I really believe God is, is stirring and moving. How many of you agree with that? Yeah. And so today uh, we're going to be in, in, uh, Genesis 41, talking about Joseph in a while, but really what we want to talk about today is hearing God's voice and all the different ways that He speaks to us. But I want to start, as I have been here for the last month or so, just by reading the Word over you, and I encourage you as I do that, let that Word wash over you. The Bible says that it washes over us, it cleanses us, it encourages us. And so I'm going to read out of Romans 10, starting in verse 5. And there's some incredible truths in this, this little passage that I'm going to read. Uh, it starts out saying, Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. Now, I want to stop for a minute, and he's talking about the person who lives by the law. If we, we declare we're under the law, we've got to live by the law. How many of you know we can't do that? Amen. That's why Christ came, so that he could fulfill the law for us. But righteousness says, by faith... Don't say you're going to ascend to heaven. In other words, what he's saying there is we don't have to do this in our own strength. It's not my job to go up and drag Jesus down out of heaven or pull him up out of the depths of hell. God has already done that for us. And so we operate under his strength, under this new covenant, under this, this faith that comes through righteousness. And he says, the word, everybody, what does the word mean? That's Jesus, right? That's also his written word, correct? Okay, so the word is near you. Where does he say it is? In your mouth and in your heart. That's an interesting thing to say, huh? He's talking about those who are in a relationship with Jesus Christ and are walking in that righteousness through faith. Is that right? That's who, he, that's who he's talking about. He's saying the word is near you, it's in your mouth, it's in your heart. And so he goes on. And he says, the word is near you, um, verse 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, 
that God raised him from the dead, what will happen? You will be saved, right? Okay, it doesn't, it doesn't require my, my works. It doesn't require me cleaning myself up. It requires me accepting the fact that Jesus died for me. And it also says that we have to do what? We have to declare that, right? We have to speak that out. In fact, listen to what he says next. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. The scripture says anyone who believes in him will be never, never will be put to shame. Somebody ought to be excited about that, okay? There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So it's interesting how he says, It is with your heart that you believe and you are justified. So in other words, when we, accept, when we believe that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we believe all that goes with that message, that, that means that we are justified. That's a legal term that means we're not guilty. Okay, in the courts of, of God, in, in the judgment day, we've already been judged. Somebody ought to be really excited about that because we've already been judged and we've already been found not guilty. Okay, but it also says that we have to profess with our mouth and that is what saves our soul. So in other words, it's that testimony it's declaring to the heavenlies, and Ephesians 3 says that we're supposed to do that. We're to declare to the heavenly realms the manifold wisdom of God because there is a spiritual realm all around us that we live in and we cannot see. But when we speak things like, I believe God has healed me and I'm going to speak to my body, when I speak the truth out, I'm declaring that word. It's going out into the heavenly realms and it's being declared to not only the angels of God but the angels of Satan. And we're speaking that into the universe. And so that's powerful stuff. Okay? All right. So, today we're going to actually be over in Genesis chapter uh, 41. But I want to share something with you today. Like I said a minute ago, I want to talk to you about how we hear God's voice. I think any of you that have been a believer very long, any of you who have been in ministry very long, you deal with this question all the time. Pastor, how do you hear God's voice? You talk about it from the pulpit, you know. I hear you talking about, I heard God say this and I heard God say that. Um, how many of you have ever dealt with that question? Let me ask you a question. How do you hear God's voice? Um, I asked Ricky Howard that the other day, sitting in my office, we were talking. And I said, Ricky, how do you hear God's voice? And it kind of caught him off guard for a second, but uh, he answered, Truly, as he said, well, uh, probably most, f first and foremost, is through his word. Okay, and so his word, where did the Bible just say it is? It's in our mouths and in our hearts. Okay, so his word, when you become a believer in Christ Jesus, he dwells in you. But we got to know what the word says in order to be able to know what God's will is. The, the Bible teaches us what God's will is, right? It's what God's will is. His Spirit is what empowers us to live that will, to carry out that will. So one way that we hear God's voice is through His Word. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but 
you realize that I don't hear some audible voice when I'm in the shower telling me, you know, thou shalt do this. That's not how God speaks to me. His voice sounds just like my thoughts. Okay? His voice sounds just like the enemy's voice who's always out on, on the outside yelling in accusations and stuff. The only way that I can tell what's the difference between my thoughts, the enemy's voice, or God's voice is because what it says, the message of what you're hearing. What does the Bible say about guilt and condemnation and shame and, and all those things? It says there is no condemnation. So when you're hearing that voice that's saying you're no good, you'll never succeed, you'll never be healed, whose voice is that? It isn't God's, okay? And so we need to learn what His Word says so that when we have these thoughts, when we hear these things in our mind, we can differentiate between whose God's voice is, my thoughts, and the enemy's voice. And my thoughts and God's voice many times sound the same. In fact, they always sound the same. It's what they're saying. And so what I want to learn to do is I want to learn to hear that voice and have discernment. Remember, we've talked about discernment. That's what, that's what operates the spirit. We operate in the spiritual realm through discernment so that when I hear that voice, I can say, does this line up with you, God? But you know, God speaks in a lot of different ways, doesn't he? God speaks through other people. God speaks through worship. God speaks through nature. And so the point of this message today is to encourage and to equip you guys to be able to be... Uh, Marcia said it this morning in our prayer time, uh, to wake up, to be paying attention, because God is always speaking to us. I want to share a testimony. Uh, in Genesis 41, by the way, the story of Joseph, uh, how's the main way that God is speaking in this story? Dreams, right? Dreams and visions, okay? And that's a way that God speaks to us. But there's another way. I was, uh, I was in bed asleep, I don't know, a week and a half, two weeks ago. And I woke up, as I always do, because I have to get up, and, and usually about midnight and go to the bathroom. But I woke up, and as always, I look over at my digital clock to see what time it is, and it says 222. It's 2.22. Now, I have learned that God speaks through numbers. Did you know that? God is into numbers, by the way. Everything, everything in His Word lines up with these numbers that He has. It's amazing. Uh, Dan Sewell's not here, but he can speak with more authority than I can, but any time that I see a number in triplicate, I always stop for just a moment and say, are you trying to say something? Now, this is at 2.22 in the morning. I didn't really want to have a conversation with God, and, so, and I know that shocks you, but I just wanted to go to the bathroom and go back to sleep, but I did say, I wonder if he's trying to say something. So, I don't know, two days, three days later, something like that, wake up in the middle of the night, Look at the clock, and guess what time it is? 2.22. Now, this time I went, oh, okay. We're going to see, we're going to look at the number 2 tonight or today because it's a very powerful number in God's Word and in, in His kingdom. Um, but when I see it two times in triplicate, this time, again, I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell you, I did not want to ask God about it because He loves to talk in the middle of the night. Have you ever noticed that? He's not asleep. He's happy to talk. So I did say, I'm going to look that up, Lord. <laughs> I was careful about how I, I worded that. I said, I'm going to look that up. So I looked it up, came to the office that morning, and I looked up the number two. Um, I have a book here. I recommend that you get one. I don't, it's not this necessarily, this one. This is called Numbers That Preach, um, Understanding 
God's, I don't have my glasses on, understanding God's mathematical lingo. It's by a guy by the name of Troy Brewer. He was in our church one day several years back, and he wrote this book, and he gave it to me after the service and signed it. And um, I would highly recommend that you get some kind of, of source where you can look up numbers and their meeting in the Bible because it's really, really powerful. So I told you originally that I saw two in triplicate. And so I actually want to go to the, the word three, uh, or the number three first. I want to tell you what it means. The number three means perfect completion. Okay, this number also has to do with fullness and being all the way complete. Three is resurrection. It is the number that God stamps on divinity. All right, I want to turn over here uh, just to show you some of the things that God does in threes. God is represented by God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Man is represented by the number three, body, soul, and spirit. The enemy is represented by flesh, the world, and the devil. Time is past, present, and future. The word of God is written, it's spoken, it's living. The temple was the outer court, the inner court, the holy place. You see how God, when he completes something, he, does it, he, he has that tendency to do it in three. And the number seven is also completion and perfect. Okay, but so when I see something in threes, I just always stop and say, God, are you trying to say something? And that's the point of this message today is I want to encourage you that not only if you see a number in threes, if God highlights something to you or something draws your attention, we need to learn to be able to say, God, are you trying to show me something? Because he's always speaking. Amen. He is always speaking. He wants to be in conversation with us. He wants us to hear his voice. So listen to what the number two means. Because this was a special number for me. The number, that's three. The number two. The number two means faithful witness. This number also has to do with manifest power, testimony, being made separate, and a godly division. Now stay with me. In the negative... It means, uh, it tends to represent what believers should be separate from and a witness to. So in other words, if God's speaking to me in the number two, and there's something going on in my life that God doesn't want to be involved in, He'll show me that, okay? That's the negative side. But listen as I read on just for a minute. Stay with me now, this is really important. God has called His people to be a faithful witness. Do you agree with that? You cannot be a witness without being separate from what you are witnessing against. That's where the faithful part comes in. So in other words, if I have been, if I'm walking and I have a horrible spirit of fear in my life. Many of you have been in that place in your life, right? Where fear just dominated you. I can't be a good witness. I can't sit here and tell you God hasn't given you a spirit of, of fear but of power and love and sound mind. If I'm walking in that fear, I can... I can have sympathy towards you because I can go, yeah, I have fear. I don't have fear, by the way. Okay, same thing with, with any kind of, of stronghold the enemy has in our lives. God is calling us to be separated from those things so that we can be a witness against them. See, his word says, I'll take everything in your life and I'll turn it for good for those who love him and called according to his purpose. In other words, as he delivers us out of these things, we need to start being a witness against them. Not against people, but against the things that the enemy has brought into our lives, the fallen nature of man. 
Does that make sense? And so two, when I saw the number 222, I looked at it and, and God had a personal message for me in that. As soon as I read Faithful Witness, I knew exactly what he wanted to talk to me about. But what I didn't realize is that he wanted to highlight this number two to us today. So, we're going to go over to Genesis chapter 41. Now, if you weren't, haven't been here, if you're visiting, uh, we've been looking at Joseph's life. We left on chapter 40. Uh, remember what happened? Joseph has interpreted the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker. Remember that? How many of them are there? Two. We're going to see two all the way through this story. You're, I mean, God just wanted to highlight two to us today. I don't know why. Because I think we're supposed to be hearing, as we go into what we believe is this time of spiritual famine, that we believe God is showing us uh, a, a famine for hearing the words of God. It's not in the church. It's in the world. But we're supposed to be like Joseph. God is going to be using us to help people in this time of famine. And so faithful witness is a big part of this. Is that right? We need to be the faithful witness. Okay? And so anyway, Joseph has, has interpreted these two dreams. He tells the cupbearer, hey, when things go well with you, be sure and tell Pharaoh that I'm in here and I'm not, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> you know, I didn't do anything to deserve this. So we pick up chapter 41. When how many years had passed? Two years. Remember what two means? Faithful witness. Everything about this story is pointing to Joseph being a faithful witness to God. It's amazing as we read through it. I think you'll see this. After two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile when out of the river there came up seven cows, sleek and fat. And they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the riverbank. And the cows who were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek, fat cows, and then Pharaoh woke up. All right, what do we see here? We see two sets of seven, right? Okay, bear with me. You're going, yeah, you're just making this up. Yeah, sure. All right, here we go. He fell asleep again, verse 5, and he had a second dream. Now, that, that actually is going to be real important in just a minute. Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads of grain sprouted, thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy, full heads. Then favor woke up. It had been a dream. In the morning, his mind was troubled. You ever had that happen? <laughs> you dream? We talked about this. Remember talking about dreams and visions and stuff. When people tell you, I had the strangest dream last night. That's to us as believers, we need to tune in. Because God is saying, hey, they, they're going to tell you something. We all have, when do you not have a strange dream? You had a dream that wasn't weird? I mean, they're all weird. <laughs> but when somebody turns around and highlights us and says, I had the weirdest dream last night. We have the Spirit of God in us. We should tune in and say, tell me what that, that dream was. Because God may want to use you to bring an interpretation. So Pharaoh's troubled about this. All right. So what's he do? Uh, he sends for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told him his dreams, but no one could interpret for him. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, 
Today I'm reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants and imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. And we both had this dream. Uh, verse 12, now a young Hebrew there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard, he told us our dreams and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them for us or uh, to us. I was restored to my position. The other man was impaled. How many dreams did they have? Two. How many men were there? Two. Uh, two is all the way through this chapter. I don't know why. Okay? Except that God wants us to see something. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. Now, Richard and Joe Carroll are not here right now, but Joe Carroll gave me a, uh, sent me an article the other day, and I had never seen this, honestly. Um, one of the ways God speaks to us is obviously through his word. But in the Old Testament, Miss Betty used to teach us what? It's a classroom, right? It's a classroom for us to learn, and we live without the law. They were under the law. But the, the story of Joseph is a parallel to Jesus' life. In fact, next week we're going to look at this parallel in detail. But um, Joseph, I'm not sure where I was going with that, but I'm sure it was a good thing. <laughs> oh, I know where it was. So Joseph, <laughs> sorry. So, so jo Pharaoh sends for Joseph. He was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had done two things, he shaved and changed his clothes. He came before Pharaoh. Now that's going to be important as we look next week at some of the things that is a parallel to Jesus. So if you want to hear what that is, come back next week or go on Facebook Live. So he changed his clothes. He shows up. Pharaoh says to Joseph, I had a dream and no one could interpret it. But I've heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Now, now remember, this is Joseph standing before the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, right? And you, you know that we've already heard he chops people's heads off and pales them on sticks, okay? So you want to walk real careful around Pharaoh. So what does Joseph say? He says, I can't do it. What does the number two mean? Faithful witness. But God... Ooh. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Remember when the, the two men had the dream in the prison? What are they? They were downcast. Joseph says, what's the problem? Why are you downcast? He says, because there's no one to interpret the dream. And he says, does not interpretations belong to? So faithful witness, what is Joseph doing? Every time he has the opportunity, he is pointing people to, to God. Amen. He says, I can't do this. He says, but God can. And we are called to be a faithful witness. Is that right? Amen. We are called to be a faithful witness. The story goes on. Pharaoh said to Joseph in my dream, I was standing on the bank, and, and he, he describes the dream to him. And he got ugly cows, and he's got good-looking cows, and they eat each other. And no one could tell him what he'd done, and he said, I woke up. In my dream, I saw seven heads of grain full of good and on a stock, and he, he tells the story, and, and he says, but no one could explain these things, these two dreams that I had. Verse 25, Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. And the two dreams mean the same thing. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one and the same dream. The seven lean, ugly cows that came up after the seven years, or excuse me, our seven years, 
and so are the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. Verse 28, it is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows will be so severe. Verse 30, 32, now here's the key. Here's what I wanted you to hear, one of these key points. This is, a, this is something we need to learn from the Word today. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms, two forms, is that the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it soon. I want to I take a minute and just speak to you guys. Oh, we're doing good. Um, many of you are in different, we're all in different seasons in our lives. And, and I know what's going on with some of your lives, and I don't know all of you, but, but I do know a lot of you are in some difficult situations with family and, and different things. Um, and during those times, like that time of famine, <clears throat> we need to be turning to God's people. We need to be turning to God. This scripture right here tells us the reason God showed you these two dreams. He says when he does it two times, he says first of all he's made up his mind and second of all he's about ready to act. And I think I want to encourage you when you're, when you're crying out to God and you, you need wisdom, you need a decision, you need direction, whatever it is, when God speaks to you in duplicate, I'm telling you to look up because he's already made up his mind and he's getting ready to act. And somebody needed to hear that this morning. He's getting ready to speak to you and he's going to show it to you in duplicate. So when I see things like I have a dream of, or I wake up in the middle of the night and it's two, 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 and I see that two times, I know God's getting ready to show me something. And so I want to draw my attention to him. I want to say, God, what are you telling me? Show me how to think about this. Show me what, it could be two green stop signs. It, you know, it doesn't matter when God, the point of this message is when God highlights or when something is highlighted to you, are we being led by the Spirit? Are we, we need to train ourselves to step back and say, God, are you trying to show me something? Maybe he isn't. But the fact is, most of the time, we're walking around, we're so caught up in the things that are going on and, and so busy and all this different stuff that we're missing God trying to speak to us. And God, and He's teaching us in our Word today, in this Word about twos, He's saying, when you're seeking me, when you hear it that second time, look up. I've made up my mind, and I'm getting ready to act soon. Amen. That's a good word, isn't it? I mean, we should be encouraged by that. Amen. Let's finish this story up. Verse 33 says, Now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man. There's just twos all over this thing. And put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. This is a lesson for us to be learning how to prepare for famine. Okay? whether it's spiritual or physical or, or whatever it might be. 
They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so that, listen to this, so that the country won't be ruined by famine. And here's what I believe. God is telling us there's a spiritual famine coming and we're supposed to be prepared. We're supposed to be part of the answer in that. We're supposed to be encouraging and helping people so our land won't be ruined by it. Amen. We're part of the answer. Okay? God is going to use us, the body of Christ, to help reach these people that are in spiritual famine, that cannot hear the words of God because their focus is on the wrong thing. And we're supposed to be number two, which is faithful witness. Okay? Just like Joseph, we're supposed to be pointing people to God. We're supposed to be saying, I don't know if I can help you, but I know somebody that can. I don't know about your situation. I know when this happened, God did this for me. He was faithful. Listen to this, because it just is amazing. He goes on in verse 35. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? See, I believe when famine comes, I believe that people are going to be coming to the body of Christ when difficult times come, and they're going to be looking for someone that's wise and someone that has the Spirit of God in them. They're going to be attracted to us like... (laughs) Whatever. <laughs> I won't go there. <laughs> Thank you, Damien. I appreciate that. <laughs> See, we're not supposed to let this famine ruin our land. And he's going to use us. They're going to be looking for someone who's wise. We have the, the wisdom of God. We have the mind of Christ. We have the word of God in our mouth and in our hearts so that we can give him the answer. I don't have the answer, but it's in me. I don't know, I can't just, on my own, I don't have the answer. Just like Joseph said, I can't do it. But God can. And he can do this through you as well. Then Pharaoh said, verse 39 to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be put in charge of my palace, and all my people will submit to your orders. With only respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Wow. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring and put it on his finger. He dressed him in robes. Does that sound familiar? You know a story about that? And he says he's going to ride in his chariot and he's going to be second in command. Number two is faithful witness. He's a faithful witness. He goes on and, and nobody's going to lift a hand and foot about you. And he gives him a wife. And Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Joseph was a young man when he had his first dreams. How many dreams did he have? Two. That's right. <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how old he was, but I imagine he was probably 15, whatever. He's 30 years old. He's been... Walking a path that did not look like God's path to him. And all the time, God, you know, is telling him, you trust me. My anointing. Everywhere he went, the favor of God was upon him. And he was, we, sermon from before, remember, we're supposed to be taking the blessings of God where we go. 
into the worldly places. We have the anointing and the power of God on our lives. So, Joseph goes on, and he starts his plan, and he starts, there's the, the abundance, and he stores up, and, and he stores the huge amounts of food in the city, and um, they, they quit keeping records because they couldn't keep up with how much they had stored. And then the famine came, and before that famine, famine came, verse 50, it says two sons were born to Joseph. Joseph named his first son Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. I think that was a message of forgiveness. See, forgetting is forgiving. And it's not an emotional thing, right? Forgiveness is an act of faith where we forgive. But you know Joseph had to forgive, didn't he? He had to forgive. And he names his first son this and says, This means I've forgotten, I've forgiven, I'm moving forward. Then the second one, um, his name is Ephraim, and he said, it's because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Then the seven years of abundance came to an end, and, and the famine began. And verse 55 says, when Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph and do what he tells you to do. This is an edict from, edict from the king. And when the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout Egypt, and all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was so severe everyone, so everywhere. So in other words, for the 15 or whatever number of years that Joseph was being prepared for this moment, God set it up to where everybody came to him. If you wanted grain, if you wanted food, you came to Joseph. And guess what Joseph was? He was a faithful witness. And had to do what he told him. And we get to see more of that story when we get into his sons or his brothers coming and stuff. But isn't that just like God to take someone who's faithful, someone who's wise, someone who's, who's willing to stick with God throughout times for 15 years. Some of you maybe have been in a trial for 15 years. I haven't, but I know it would be difficult. But I'm telling you, God is getting ready to move in your life. There's somebody needs to hear that today. And God's getting ready to set it up so people are coming to us and we'll be the faithful witness. That's good news, isn't it? Because it's not about us. I mean, Joseph enjoyed the, the favor of the king and stuff. But as we see down the road, it was all about redeeming Israel. We see how God used him. And how faithful God was through all this. And so we need to, to start counting on the fact that people are going to start coming. They're going to start coming to you because they see wisdom and they see God in you. And when they come, you need to know that you have the answer within you. Because the word is near to you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. And so this is one way that God speaks to us is through numbers. Okay? Look it up. Get, get one of these books, you know, whether it's this one. Or, there's a bunch of them out there. Miss Betty had a list of, 
of numbers, and, and I know some of these guys still have that, that, what the numbers represent, but numbers are important. God speaks through numbers, okay? But he speaks through everything. The point of this message is that God wants to speak to you, and he wants you, when he, when he draws your attention to something, just spend, train yourself to just say, God, are you trying to show me something? Show me how to think about this. What should I do? It's, it doesn't take three seconds to do that. And it's amazing how many times God has divine setups that we walk past day after day after day. And so this is a season for us to be ready, to be training, to be prepared. Just like Joseph had to train, he had to be prepared. But God used him in a mighty way, and God is going to use you in a mighty way. Do you believe that? Because that's what his word says about you. You're more than an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. And nothing will ever separate you from the love of God. Amen. Neither life, nor death, nor principalities, or, or all the other things he lists. I don't know, again, where you're at. But I knew God, I know that God wants to speak. I, I keep thinking God has this, some prophetic word that he wants to share. And I told Joy to be listening. I don't know if she is or not. But, I mean, I know she's listening. I don't know if she has a word. <laughs> she's either asleep or she's listening. I'm not sure. But I, I want to have just some intercessors come up. Joy, by the way, is sitting back there at that table. Most of you know her. Uh, very prophetic. But if you need a word today... Just a word of encouragement. Maybe you need to pray with somebody. Uh, maybe you've been facing a decision and you're asking God, I, I'm not sure what to do. I think today's one of those days God really wants to speak. So intercessors, if you guys would come up and just be ready to minister. Maybe you've got a loved one. You just want to stand in the gap for them. You want to pray for them, a, a son or a daughter or you know, someone that's sick. We want to lift up Wayne and Eileen. They're coming back from Texas um, Wayne's dad passed away, right? And uh, anyway, this is a good news message. By the way, this there shouldn't be any heaviness in this. This should be a joyful thing because God, don't let fear tell you He couldn't do that with me. Amen. Remember, we're going to identify those voices, and that's not what God's voice says. Amen. He says, "I've chosen you. I've called you. I've equipped you." And so he says, don't worry about the answer that you're going to give when people come up and ask about the hope that's inside of you. Amen. That's good stuff, right? Yes. All right, well, we open the altar up. We would love to have you uh, come up and, and just pray with you or pray for a loved one or whatever. This altar is just a place to come and meet with God. There's nothing magical about it. You, the person sitting next to you can pray with you just the same. But these guys are available, and we would love to pray with you. So why don't you just play something for a minute, Mindy, and um, let's just listen for a minute. Just spend enough time just to listen. Say, God, what are you telling me today? If you have an impression in your mind, then say, okay, is that you, God? Just start training ourselves to hear. All right, these guys are, are available. We're just going to give you just a moment. We've got six minutes. I'm ahead of time. By the way, it's all right to talk to the person next to you and pray with them. 
ask them, do you have a word for me? Look at, your, look at the people sitting next to you and say, do you have a word for me? Try it. Might be surprised. God may have a word for you. Let me read a word over you guys while these guys are ministering. I don't know, Lord, just highlighted Psalm 127. So I'm just going to read a couple of verses real quick. Verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you will rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. I love this. For he grants sleep to those who he loves. Somebody's been struggling with sleep, having a hard time sleeping. I want to read that truth over you again. It's worried. It's talking about. It's talking about operating in God's strength, building a house in our in our own strength, watching over a city in our own strength. But verse two says, "In vain you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat." Because see, God loves you. And he grants sleep to those he loves. And so when you go to sleep tonight, I just want you to quote that scripture right there and just say, God, you, you promise. This is a promise in the word that says he will grant me sleep because he loves me. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, I love you guys. Don't forget, if you're interested in the Sentinel ministry, want to know more about what that's about, uh, we would love to have you sit down with Jeff. Like I said, we'll just be a minute. Liz will be coming down from upstairs in just a few minutes as they release the children. Uh, I just want to pray over you, God. We just thank you for this word. We ask you to seal this work. We ask you to open our spiritual eyes and ears to be able to see and hear you in a new level today. Father, just be aware of your presence as we go through the day. Lord, we trust you and we thank you for this word. And we believe that we are part of the answer. We are part of the solution. We are love people. And we're going, to have, we're going to have people coming and you're going to minister through us life to these people. And we just thank you for your mercy and grace. I pray that favor over us all as we go out the doors. And we pray for those divine encounters in Jesus' name. I bless you guys. Have a great week. Thank you. God bless you.